Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable.me. Our affordable $199 GRE course includes everything you need to ace your GRE exam. A full textbook, tons of GRE questions that are backed by our memory enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it for free at Achievable.me. If you like it, use the code PODCAST to get 10% off at checkout. Also, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, please contact me at tyler at achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now, let's get started. Uh, today, we have Clay Daniel with us, and he's going to walk us through some GRE quant questions. But before we do that, Clay, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Clay Daniel. I'm the founder of Claiborne Test Prep and Tutoring, and uh, we love helping students one-to-one with the GRE. And we think of ourselves kind of like personal trainers for the tests, you know, everything that you need, your your study schedule, um, but but also a, a very um, relational one-to-one kind of program over weeks and months that helps you address strengths and weaknesses. And it's, it's fun to try to unlock the puzzle of these problems together. So looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks so much. And Speaking of problems, we are going to do a problem walkthrough today of three GRE quant problems, and all three of which are what are called quantitative comparisons. So do you want to just give maybe an overview of what that means first? Love to. It, it's a pretty unique kind of problem on the GRE and not, not many other tests that, that I'm aware of. Uh, it involves not so much arriving at final answers, but in comparing values. And so you're always going to have a quantity A and a quantity B, and then I'll just read the choices that are presented to the test taker. Uh, you choose A if quantity A is greater, B if quantity B is greater, C if the two quantities are equal, and D, the really interesting one, the relationship cannot be determined from the information given. Yeah, so it's a bit, it's not like a typical question where you figure out that the hypotenuse is five and then yes, and the answer is five, right? You've got to, usually, usually you actually can't figure out the, the answer without doing a lot of math, right? or at least for some of these. For like some. the simple ones, you can kind of do it in your head, but the hard ones, it's like, you just, it's more of like a logic related thing. It is. And that's such a, a big part of the skill is evaluating how long is this going to take me? And is there, even if it takes a long time to solve... Maybe there's a quick way to compare, or as mm-hmm. the the real buzzword or buzz phrase for this is compare, don't calculate. Is there a way to compare? And so that, that'll be something that we'll look at in each of these questions. Very cool. And so also the questions that we're working off of are, um, it's the official ETS.org, official GRE practice test. Uh, it says, I think, it says 2011 on the PDF. I think I'll try to include a link to it in the podcast description um, so that people can follow along. But we're starting here on page 71 of this document with question number one, if you want to follow along or otherwise, uh, if you just listen in, Clay will also explain the problems. So Definitely. Ready to look at number one then? Yeah, let's do it. Great. And I will describe in case you don't have a chance of having this pulled up uh, because they're, you're always going to get some sort of advanced set of information. Um, particularly if the quantities simply say what they say here, which is quantity A says X and quantity B says Y. Well, we're probably going to get more information than that. And indeed we do. We have two 
triangles presented, and they are right triangles, as indicated by the little right angle symbol. One of them is labeled uh, 4 and X for the legs, if you're familiar with that term, and then 8 for the hypotenuse, 4, X, and 8. The other has legs 4 and 4, and then Y is the hypotenuse. So as we think about how to compare these, this is an example of a somewhat more straightforward problem in that getting to a calculation may not take that long. But what's especially going to help it not take long is familiarity with the kind of the classic contours of a test like the GRE. They love the special cases, and in this case, what we would call special right triangles. Mm -hmm. Anybody who has studied the GRE and you you know pulled out their flashcards and there's the 30, 60, 90 on there and the 45, 45, 90 will recognize the pattern that is presented here. Even though the other angles besides 90 degrees aren't given to us, we can tell from the relationship between the sides that the triangle with shortest with short side four and longest side eight is a 30, 60, 90. And the triangle with legs four is a 45, 45, 90, or an isosceles right triangle. Right, because they're the same, four and four for the two legs. Right. So that makes them isosceles, which means we could use the classic Pythagorean theorem to solve both of these problems, but that would not be the most efficient way, and we're looking for the most efficient way. But before we get all the way to the solution, that's a great place to pause, Tyler, and just say, what does that mean for the choices? Remember that choice D says the relationship cannot be determined from the information given. Choice mm -hmm. D is, is really the key, in my view, to quantity comparison questions. I, I like some of my students press toward D. D is almost your goal. If you can prove, you either want to prove D or disprove it. Well, right. Right. So in this case, we, we look at it and we say what information is given we have, we definitely have two sides of one right triangle and two lengths of the other one as well. So even with Pythagorean theorem, clearly we're going to get final values. There's going to be some relationship and D can be safely ruled out in this case. Right. So then it just remains to, to, find, to use the most efficient tool. And that would be to note that in the 30, 60, 90, we take the shortest side and multiply it by the square root of three to get the middle side. So X is four mm -hmm. times the square root of three. But in the 45, 45, 90, to get the hypotenuse, we take the legs and multiply it by square root of two. Notice the similarity, right? right? They, they love to have part of the answers be similar or identical. Quantity A, four root three. Quantity B, four root two. Well, great example of compare, don't calculate. You certainly wouldn't want to break out the, cal the calculator at this point, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. It is tricky, too, because you might think to yourself, man, square two is smaller than three, so the square root's smaller, right? <laughs> right. Well, and that's, that, that is a way that you can, you can reason through this one. Um, four root three is larger, and it is, it is quantity A. Um, but but some, some things that might seem obvious when it comes to GRE quant, definitely are not. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Well, great. So then if we're saying that square root three is larger, which, you know, makes sense, uh, then that would put us at quantity A in answer choice A, because quantity A is greater. And you can think about the two quantities. I like to pretend that there's an equal sign in between them, because, you know, when you're working with equations, if you have an equal sign, it's like a balance. And 
if there's mm-hmm. something that's identical on both sides, you just kind of drop it and, and you still right. have balance. Well, we have four times something in both quantities. So let's just ignore, let's just drop the fours and compare right. root three and root two. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing to do in general because honestly, um, from what I've seen in jury quant questions, a lot of times you do have variables on both in both of your answers. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got to do yep. that. Very cool. All right. So then we're moving on now to problem number five, which is on page bottom of page seventy two. So if you want to walk us through this, I'd love to. And we're certainly switching content here to more of an arithmetic base question, but I, I want to, again, put before the listener's mind that idea of pressing toward choice D, of almost imagining that you're on a quest and your goal is to prove two different relationships. We we may fail in proving that as we did last time. We may rule out choice D, but it it's a great strategic way to think about the question. So in this case, we have the prior information given is that the value of X is larger than six and smaller than seven. Okay, so we know x is between 6 and 7, obviously not an integer whole number. y, meanwhile, is 8. So y equals 8, and x is basically 6 point something. The task mm-hmm. is to compare quantity a, which is x over y, so 6 point something over 8, to quantity b, which is 0. 0.85. Mm-hmm. Well, a helpful tool here. First off, is start with the most specific information, especially if you're given to it, given it in the quantity or the column itself. 0.85 is a great friend to you here. It's your reference point. So why not start there and say, what would it take in quantity A for me to get 0.85 as a result? And mm-hmm. now we've got kind of an equation, don't we? If we think about we know that y is 8, so it's really something over 8 equals 0.85. X over 8 equals 0.85. The calculator can help us there. Uh, But what's going to be really interesting about the answer is that, you know, when we divide that out, are we going to get something between 6 and 7? Or are we going to get something bigger than 7 or smaller than 6? And that will determine everything about the answer that we end up at. Well, as it turns out, we do you divide um, you divide x by, or I should say, 0.85 times eight is going to be between mm-hmm. six and seven. It comes out as six point eight when you put it into the calculator. That mm-hmm. makes the problem much more interesting than it would be if it if it was like seven point two. We would know uh, quantity b would have to be greater. Because we're, we're making a comparison here with 0.85. But if X to be to make 0.85 would have to be exactly 6.8, it raises the question, well, is X over Y bigger than 0.85 or smaller? And here mm-hmm. we kind of remind ourselves our goal is to press toward point D. And if, if we've got that hinge exactly where we could equate the values, then let's just go a little bigger and a little smaller. What if X was 6.9? And then what if X was 6.7? You break out your the on-screen calculator, 6.9 divided by 8, unsurprisingly, is larger than 8.5. 6.7 divided by 8 is smaller than 8.5. So we've... we've succeeded. Or 0.85, but yeah. Sorry, 0.85, thank you. Uh, we've succeeded in our quest, right? We've, we've established 
in in a sense, actually, too many relationships, even more than we needed. We had maybe it's quantity A is equal to B, maybe it's greater than B. We're already done at that point, right? The answer is D. Mm-hmm. But we really confirm it when we say, well, it could be less. Mm-hmm. Does that explanation make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, it's interesting because it doesn't strike you this way when you first look at the problem. But the answer actually really is is always going to be D. Like, in essentially, it's always going to be D if that equation works at all. Right. Right. If that makes sense, like if if you can if you can put you know the two things equal to each other and then it comes out as x is between six and seven and yes. the answer is always d right <laughs> because it could be any yeah. it could be point six point nine 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 to infinity right it like so it's really that's a really interesting one I like that question yeah and last thing on that question before we move on notice the value of just getting concrete. I like to tell students, mm-hmm. when you see letters, plug in numbers. Numbers are more concrete, and you just got to get your hands dirty. Let's just try some numbers and see what happens. That often takes you most of the way there. Right, and in this case, they were nice enough to actually give you ranges for the numbers, so you know what to plug in. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so for the third one that we're going to cover today on quant comparison... We're moving on to question nine at the bottom of page 74. Great. So question nine, here's what's given to us, much less by way of kind of prologue. All we're told as general truth here is that X does not equal zero. It's got a little line over the equal sign. So X does not equal zero. We're supposed to compare the absolute value of X plus the absolute value of negative two. That's quantity A. To quantity B, which is the absolute value of x minus 2. It almost, if you're not looking at this, it it almost might sound like I said the same thing. But in the first case, there are two separate quantities inside those absolute value bars. Absolute value Mm -hmm. of x, we've got to figure out what that is. Plus absolute value of negative 2, we've got to figure out what that is. Quantity Mm -hmm. b, instead, it's almost like it's all inside parentheses here. Whatever x is, we're subtracting 2 and then applying the absolute value, which let's start by just by defining that. Most students will remember kind of what the absolute value does, but it's helpful to add that the definition of absolute value is the distance to zero on the number line. So I've asked you how far Mm -hmm. is negative seven from zero on the number line, you wouldn't say negative seven, right? Yeah, it's seven. All right, because right. it, it would be nonsense to say a negative when you're asking for a distance, so that can help. That's so interesting. So, like, that's the official definition. I've always just used it functionally as, like, it's just always positive, right. but that's not actually right. Not technically. Interesting. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's not an underlying reason. Yes. Um, so, as we think about a solution strategy for this problem, it's, it, it's really great to pull the last thing we said about the last problem, and that is the value of plugging in numbers. So what I'd like to do on this question is talk a little bit more about how do I know? There's literally an infinity of numbers from which to choose. How do I know what to plug in here, aside from the fact that I'm not allowed to plug in zero? Right? They did tell us that. Mm-hmm. 
it's best, I find, to think of numbers you'll plug in in categories first. And by that, I mean, think, think of different kinds of numbers. That The most natural is positive integers. That's what we think of when we think of numbers. One, two, three, etc. But there are also negative integers, whole numbers on the negative side. There is the number zero, which... <laughs> behaves in very odd ways, but which is disallowed from this problem. So we'll, we'll toss that aside. And then there are basically non-integers, things between, numbers between whole numbers on the number line. But especially interesting in that regard is the range between zero and one and zero and negative one. Mm -hmm. You may have noticed that if you multiply something by half, it gets smaller instead of larger opposite of what we would think of mm -hmm. with multiply, right? You take half a pizza and then half of it again, the pizza is continually getting smaller as you take half and half and half. All that to say, if, we, if you plug in a number in each of these categories, you're probably going to be in pretty safe shape by the time you've identified all the relationships. So mm -hmm. if we're going to rule out zero, it's pretty safe to go with two, negative two, mm -hmm. positive one half, and negative one half. That tends to touch on Great. like a lot. Of, it's like number behavior. Most of the things. Most of the things. Right. Yeah. Numbers are kind of like different animals. They behave different ways. They have different characteristics. Um, so it's, let's, let's start with the most straightforward one. And let's, let's also shorten the process by saying there is one thing here we can simplify right away. Always good to do. Quantity A has as part of it the absolute value of negative two. So great, we got two. We can just yeah. change that <laughs> to two. Now quantity is the absolute value of X plus the number two, which is much simpler. Let's start with positive two because we, we tend to deal most mm -hmm. easily with positive integers. Plug that into, and by the way, that won't require us to do anything with an absolute value if it's already positive. Right, or, or at least not. Yeah. Negative. Okay, so that'll give us four for quantity A, two absolute value yep. of two plus two. And quantity B is interesting. Two minus two has to happen first, so it's the absolute value of zero. Well, how far is zero from zero? <laughs> you might say. Yeah, it, I guess it's zero. It's zero, <laughs> and not infinity, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so notice absolute value can be zero. It's not that it's always positive. It's just that it's never negative. So we've found one relationship. Quantity A was larger. We can make a note on our scratch paper. Just put a little A there or something. Now, right. the clock is ticking. We want to do this as fast as possible. Let's be strategic. Is there a way we can think about the other numbers and thinking, well, what might give me a different result? And it's okay if you don't immediately have an answer to this question, um, but because absolute value changes negatives to positives, it's probably best to try a negative number next and, and think absolute value might really change what's happening with that negative number. And right. so let's try a negative two because it's easier to plug in than negative one half. We can always do the fraction mm -hmm. if we need to. Well, quantity A is once again four, is it not? Yep. Absolute value of negative two plus absolute value of negative two, right? We already said that that is two, so it's really just two plus two. But quantity B is now inside the absolute value, negative two minus two. 
This is a place a lot of students are going to go wrong. It's very easy to go wrong. If you have any doubt, give yourself a little number line, find negative two on it, and then remind yourself, I'm subtracting two from there. I'm going even more negative or to the left from negative two. Mm -hmm. Well, the answer here is not zero. It's negative four inside the absolute value, which then becomes positive four. Notice right. the relationship, right? That we have already arrived at our the goal of our quest because now the relationships are identical. Right, so you have one where A is larger and now one where they're equal. So that basically confirms D right then and there. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's a fascinating Great. problem. You can try the fractions if you need to, you know, but I, I will add that because there are 20 quant questions and you need to try to get to all of them, 90% certainty, I typically tell students, that's good enough to move on. You can always put a little, you know, use the mm -hmm. flag feature on the test to mark it. To, I guess it says mark, but to come back to it and look at it later if you want, if you were only 90% sure instead of 100. But students will typically ask at this point, should I try a third number just to make sure? And the answer to that is usually no from a strategic point of view, unless you have tons of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And unless you think there could be a place where your math went wrong. But in this case, probably. Well, not. between the yeah. two of us, hopefully, you know, I, you're, you're kind of my, I've been known to make a mistake <laughs> or two, but I'm counting on you to <laughs> be my uh, checker here. I, I yeah. think we got it. How many, how many GRE tutors does it take to do two <laughs> plus two? Let's find out. Uh, well, thanks very much. That was great. Um, this has been Jiri Snacks uh, with Clay Daniel from Claiborne Test Prep uh, and hosted by Tyler from Achievable. You can try Achievable's Jiri course for free at achievable.me and then you can use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.